Hi, and welcome to the NVR podcast number 10. I'm Rachel Elmer. And I'm Peter Jacob. And today we're talking about beyond parenting. But Peter, would you like to start? Okay. Um, well, NVR was developed for parents. It was developed for parents who feel helpless in the face of aggressive behavior of their children or um, self-destructive behavior of their children. Um, ultimately, uh, it was seen as a way to escape control, being controlled by one's child, yet without trying to uh, escape from that control by controlling the child, mm. which leads into escalation. So the, the, the starting point for NVR was very much in parenting. But when we go back to the roots of NVR as a, a social and political um, approach uh, to harm, um, that was an entirely different context. It had nothing to do with parenting. It was about uh, African Americans being harmed uh, by racial segregation. It was about the Indian nation remaining colonized by Britain. Um, so ultimately, NVR was there to resist harm without causing harm. Mm. And what struck me is that out whilst the young person is often a beneficiary of the work, the actual client is the parent. And what does the parent experience? The parent experiences a personal transformation. Parents who have been scared of... Um, perhaps challenging their child's aggression or who have been scared of no longer giving in to their child's demands or who have been too worried to use their own presence because they were afraid their child might harm themselves, um, feel emboldened to do something about it, overcome that anxiety, so they change. Change mm -hmm. as a person, which led me to think, well, if we see NVR as therapy for the parent, of which the child is the beneficiary or a beneficiary, um, could we not use uh, NVR as a therapy for anyone who has been and is being harmed? Mm. This could mean adolescents, this could mean adults who've experienced abuse in life, uh, it could uh, apply to many different contexts. So that, that was, that was my, my rather wordy explanation. Of Why, I love your word, wordy explanation. I just, <laughs> I, I just wonder what, what you think about that, that outlook, you know, that, that NVR um, could apply universally where harm is being done. 
yeah, I, you know, and I, I often introduce the approach to parents with, the, you know, that mindset that it is, uh, you know, a therapeutic intervention to enable change in adults. And when a parent hears that, they sometimes feel that um, that maybe I'm pointing a finger at them. Mm. But the change that develops over the time, over the, over the coming weeks, is um, is is unbelievable in many cases and remarkable in many cases. And I think our brief conversation before we started recording the podcast was about the change that encompasses within the adult within the carer, within the parent, um, and how profound that can be. Mm. Uh, you're, you're just reminding me of a supervision session I had today. Mm. And the colleague told me about um, uh, uh, parents she's working with, and she just said the the mother just looked so different to mm. when I used to see her before she'd she'd done her hair she was looking after herself she looked more relaxed and she also said that the parents were different mm. they seemed to be pulling together they seemed to be working together mm. and i guess working in child mental health or in child protection or you know children's services we, we talk about and we focus on the child an awful lot, but actually what we do in NVR is we help the parents with those um, transformations in themselves. And I can see that perhaps they might think we're blaming them, but actually what we're doing is we're helping them to overcome that sense of helplessness and get back in touch with their own agency wherever they need it yeah yeah and helping them identify where they need it um I, I recall a parent talking to a colleague about a case and the, the parent was trying to resist phone calls from her son and the phone calls were repetitive and and you know numerous of them being numerous you know being made and the parent answered 10 out of the 30 mm -hmm. and um and it was the practitioner that, that said you know what would it have felt like if you hadn't advanced any yeah phone calls and and what we talked about my colleague and i were about the parents responses to that yeah but actually more about her facial expressions that it almost felt that it hadn't dawned on her yeah. that she she could not answer them. You know, this is a, a, an adult child, you know, a grown-up, mm -hmm. not a child. Um, and the, the parents' response was quite that it was something that hadn't she hadn't considered. She hadn't it hadn't dawned on her that she could not answer. But the, the, the thing that interests me is at that point where she realizes she could refrain from responding to this barrage of calls or texts from her adult son or daughter mm. um, when she realizes that that's a possibility what mm. happens in her what happens inside of her what what happened inside of this woman mm. 
what did she feel? Did she feel relief? Did she feel, did she get into her strength? Dread. She felt dread. I think she felt dread that she couldn't possibly refuse him. She felt dread. Okay. So that says something about how she feels trapped. Mm. Mm. So if she then starts refusing his demand Mm. and realizes she can do it, what does she feel then? It's just, I've seen it in many of my clients I've been privileged to work with, and it's such an empowering step. It is a transformation. I recall witnessing parents looking different, Mm -hmm. um, showing up on sessions with a a different air, a different aura around them, uh, holding themselves in a different position, knowing that they can. Mm. So that's the therapeutic change. Yeah. In the parent. So yeah. she starts out with a feeling of dread. I can't possibly refuse my son's demand to answer all his texts. Mm. He's imprisoned, as it were. And then she realizes she can do that in spite of that feeling of dread. Mm. And then she feels empowered. She gets in touch with her strength. She also feels relief and a sense of freedom, perhaps. Oh, a huge sense of freedom. And then I think what I then can and have witnessed is, well, if I can do that, there are many other things that I could also do. That's right. So she, she ends up in a state of mind where, well, what in America we call being on a roll. Mm. You know, she's Mm. on the roll. And, So the transformation in the parent gathers momentum. What starts out with a small act of resistance becomes empowered encouragement to um, escape from that kind of imprisonment and to continue to overcome that feeling of dread. And ultimately, the feeling of dread reduces, melts away. And I I think this applies to so many situations. What interested me a lot was when I was working with a residential service in which they were working with NVR um, to protect young people who would run away a lot. Mm -hmm. But then at one point... Uh, the young person stopped running away and started cooperating much more Mm -hmm. with with their uh, caregivers in the residential service and had grievances in her own right because Mm -hmm. this young person had experienced uh, abusive behavior before she came into the residential service. Mm-hmm. And there was still denial around that abusive behavior, some of it. There was denial on the part of even a local authority about some of the abusive behavior that she'd experienced. Pressure was put being put on her. And she then moved into a different position from the Mm. one who's running away had been resisted Mm. 
she mm -hmm. moved into the position of wanting to resist what was now being done to her. The position of the caregivers and my position <coughs> shifted. Mm -hmm. So I was no longer the resistance coach for um, for the the um, the caregivers. Um, I became her resistance coach, and the caregivers became her supporters in her resistance. Okay. And suddenly, we were doing NVR, but the young person had become the, the client of the N in the NVR process, and it was the young person who was experiencing a personal transformation. Mm -hmm. Because in resisting the denial about some of the abuse she'd experienced and in resisting the pressure that came from that denial, she started overcoming what is commonly what are commonly considered trauma symptoms. Mm -hmm. I just I, you know, I just feel <clears throat> that when parents can hold some faith in themselves, in their coach, to to resist and to change the course of direction. And that just opens up so many other opportunities and avenues for the parent to explore as from a position of strength. Um, and And sometimes that can happen quite quickly in the intervention, and sometimes it might take a little while longer. But it's very much focusing on the, the can-do approach. Yeah. Oh, just but, but beyond, well, I guess the title of today's podcast is Beyond Parenting. So beyond parents, the young person can become a resistor. Mm -hmm. Or an adult who's experienced some form of abuse previously in their life that is still reverberating with them where they feel that justice has not been done, no. can become the resistor, you know. And so lately, well, not just lately, for quite a while uh, in my work with, with adults who've experienced adverse uh, circumstances in their childhoods or, or earlier in life, where justice has not been done and where you know, people have said they, they have post-traumatic stress disorder. We mm. looked at it from a different angle. Maybe it's not post-traumatic. Maybe a lot of what has been traumatizing is still going on. Maybe the denial of what was done is still going on. Maybe the uh, difference in power is still there maybe justice has not been done. Mm -hmm. All these things are part and parcel of the trauma. And it's a continuation, isn't it, of everything? Hmm. It's a continuation. Perhaps the person is not being hit anymore. But all the other components of the trauma, yeah, still I continue. Live. Mm. Yeah, and, and those can be resisted. The denial can be resisted. Uh, the failure um, uh, of justice to having been done 
can be resisted. Mm-hmm. Um, the difference in power can be resisted. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think NVR can become part of any kind of therapy or counseling type work um, because it has its place wherever there is harmful behavior. Yeah, you know, and when we talk about and unpick that, I could talk about this forever, but the acts of resistance, you know, the windows of opportunities, it can start with the most minute, tiniest, small acts of resistance. Mm-hmm. I often give the example in training around, you know, I don't know, someone on their way to work pops at the coffee shop and gets their coffee and they're, they're greeted with hostility by the barista and what's their automatic response to that hostility is it to respond with more hostility or can you resist responding with hostility and respond with pleasantries or or just respond with nothing and and leave 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 in a peaceful way i think you know it starts at the most tiniest beginnings and that acts of resistance can grow to something huge being a victim of of horrendous violent crimes and how you can um resist the people that have done you know that harm to you i uh, you've just brought up a memory in my mind uh, i was on a plane and um the person sitting next to me looked at the um flight attendant mm. and snipped his fingers mm. And the flight attendant came round, looked at him, and I could see the flight attendant taking a deep breath. Mm. And very respectfully and very politely, the flight attendant said, Sir, I don't appreciate being called in that way. Mm. And I, I thought about that a lot. First of all, he really worked with his presence. He operated with his presence. He spoke Mm. about himself. He said, I Mm. do not appreciate being called in that way. So it was a first-person message, very consistent with what we do in NVR. Mm. It was calm. He regulated himself. He was respectful. So if you think of harm... You know, in a small way, harm was being caused by mm. this, um, rather arrogant um, behavior. He was resisting that harm without causing harm mm. in a dignified way. And I, I spent the rest of that flight, or much of the rest of that flight, thinking about if, if this was therapy, and I discussed this with this man in therapy, what could it mean for him if in other ways he is experiencing oppression or harmful behavior? Mm. What meanings could we together attribute to this small act of resistance? That is where I feel NVR really operates well uh, in in many different contexts. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I was wondering, should we just sort of 
have a bit of a recap over what we've spoken about and and um, what it what it means really. Yeah, that time flew by. I think for me, it's it's about starting with my work with with parents. It's starting with some small acts of commitment of resistance and and watching that grow within the parent um, and caregiver and having that can do approach and building that confidence within them um, to help them resist harm from their young person. Um, yeah, and it, and, it, and it can grow to a huge level. I think that the outcome, there's some, you know, for me is the growth in that parent to see that relationship blossom, um, the relationship with themselves as a, as a mother, as a father, the relationship with their with each other as spouses and their relationship with their child and other children and family members. Um, I've had a number of parents say the word MVR has saved their lives. Um, that's big, but I can kind of, I can relate to that. So, yeah. I, I, I can fully agree with that. It is big. And I think, to me, that is the quintessence of what we've spoken about, that it's much bigger than parenting. Yeah. It goes far beyond how do you best respond to your child, and it goes into the realm of how do you change as a person when you have been treated badly mm. and when that ill treatment has affected you? How do you... How do you change? How do you experience a personal transformation? And I think one conclusion to me is that practitioners who have worked in the field of children's services or CAMs or other areas focusing on children and young people do well to balance their attention to the child with a lot of attention on the person of the parent and how that person changes in in you know w within our work mm. Mm. well we did cover a lot um just to reiterate uh, that we are open to receiving emails from any of the listeners who would like to make any suggestions for future podcast topics, um, you can email us on info at partnershipprojectsuk.com. And the topic of our next podcast will be the sit-in. Fabulous. Okay, until then, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.